deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. And I screwed it up. Liz, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm not gonna cut it, but I am gonna, for posterity's sake, I am gonna take a, a, another swing at that. This is a Harry Potter play read podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, DC. And I'm Liz. All right, we got it. We did it. We did our job. We did Yay! our job. We are in part three of a very long play here. If we were part two in Part two, act three. Part two. Okay, so we, hold on. Let's let's think about this. We're it's on... 2.3. Patch 2.3. Episode 2.3. five. Patch... Oh, no. Now, you're <laughs> now I'm thinking about patch. 5.2.3. Well. Episode five. Play... Book eight. Play one. Act three. Part two of two. Yeah, we're, ba- we're back um, for the second night of the play on our... Broadway vacation. That's right. That's right. God, I I have been thinking a lot about that aspect of this play mm-hmm. while reading this because the we'll, we'll get into it in the actual play discussion. But I think one of my primary criticisms of this play has been that it feels like it moves incredibly fast and that yeah. it's sort of very condensed a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this and I was like, but this is this is like a five and a half hour play as written here. Right. How on earth does that translate into a like abridged version? And I looked this up and I uh, for our news segment this week, I actually have like a really, I guess, interesting little tidbit about just that because it, it recently reopened on Broadway. Um, interesting. And they and they condensed it into one, right? It's it is now one play. We 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 are the last people in America, I suppose, who are experiencing <laughs> the play, uh, very real and legal style. Yeah. Uh, in its two play two night form. It was a special show um, they did just for us. <laughs> they, it's they, the, they're it's putting the podcast on the... Uh, podcast ticket we we got. Well, they they know that we like to go long, so they you know they were like, well, for you. Yeah. For, for for our nation's brave podcasters, we will make a special exception and run the long version for you. Absolutely. Now, um, you, I, this is jumping ahead a little bit to like discussing the play, but do you think that if um, in the script there were like brackets that were like Imogen Heap song plays here with it with while they do a little <laughs> dance, do you think that would help? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think I do think that like uh, maybe there's stuff that's just. Um, I, but I'm bad. I'm bad at reading plays, and like, aren't and I'm not picking up on like what the visual language and like what the visual situation is in whatever mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. is is happening. Um, but I did find a review of the abridged version, sure. Um, that 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 hints as to some of what they what they cut in, okay. and it seems interestingly enough, most of the stuff they cut is stuff that we have already read. Um, oh. so I'm going to read this review for you from the New York times. And we're going to, I think this is a good, this, this will add some context, I think, to, to what we're uh, going to discuss, uh, Great. this week on this show. 
Like a lot of children, Harry Potter grew bigger as he got older. J.K. Rowling's later novels in the series came in twice as thick or more as the first. The length of the film versions peaked with the adaptation of the final volume, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, split into two parts running a combined four and a half hours. In 2018, Jack, uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, an original play by Jack Thorne, Putting Jack Thorne top billing here now, by the way. This is an article from a couple months ago. Uh, based on a story by Thorne, John Tiffany, and J.K. Rowling, opened on Broadway at the lavishly remodeled Lyric Theater. Also split in two, the total experience clocked in at more than five hours. But now Harry seems to have shrunk. After a pandemic closure and reported problems with production costs, Cursed Child has returned, shorter and more streamlined. Its two parts collapsed into a single one, and its length reduced by a third. The creators have kept quiet on the mechanics of this revision. Call it Harry Potter and the Mysterious Abridgment. I assume someone pointed a wand at the published script and shouted, Breviosa. They're having a little fun over there. What a whimsical write-up. Yeah. The new version, which opened on Tuesday, does feel smaller, its themes starker, its concession to fandom more blatant, but as directed by Tiffany and choreographed by Stephen Hoggett, with an essential score from Imogen Heap, an essential score from Imogen Heap. (laughs) It needs to have music. That's for damn sure. That's right. It remains diamond sharp in its staging and dazzling in its visual imagination as magical as any spell or potion. The essence of the plot has not changed. Cursed Child still opens where the epilogue of Deathly Hallows leads off, 19 years after the book's climactic battle. On their way to the School of Witchcraft and Wizardry are Albus Potter, the second son of Harry Potter, and Ginny Potter, and Rose Granger Weasley, the daughter of Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley. Aboard the Hogwarts Express, Albus meets Scorpio. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so uh, where's the bit where it was talking about what they changed? Ah, here we go. In the opening moments, the train seems to have been refitted as a high-speed rail. Everyone moves and speaks so fast, (laughs) Jules and Richard were almost unintelligible. Those are actors, I'm assuming. I was briefly worried that this new version would simply be the old play played at 1.5 times speed. Jamie Taco keeps taking my lines. (laughs) I once counted two consecutive seconds in which nothing happened on stage. Once only. Yet there are excisions, most of them so surgical you would never notice, though I did slightly miss the beloved Hogwarts groundskeeper Hagrid. Other changes are more pointed, like the rendering of Albus and Scorbius's relationship as explicitly romantic, which has a knock-on effect of flattening the father-son conflict. Gone to are the dream sequences that bolstered the play's mournful tenor and provided much of its exposition. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. It sounds. It sounds like... For one thing, <laughs> I did I did not consider that they would just have the actors act faster, which is a very funny idea. Good um, strat. Yeah, that 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 would I guess make a play shorter. But um, cutting the dream sequences, I think, was something that like we floated as a as an as a guess, and it turns out that that is exactly what they did. So yeah. Huh. Now, is this write up asserting that the additions of Scorbus real um, mm. are flattening 
the father-son thing be, like purely out of stuff that was cut out? Or are they saying that it like undermines it because of the parallel story going on? Uh, I'm unsure on that. Because I, I feel re- like calling bullshit on that, depending on what yeah. they mean. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let me see if they, real quick, whether they... No, that's kind of all they say about it. Um, it. It could be like one of two things, right? Because it's like this person could be saying that um, the Draco, uh, Scorpius, and uh, being set parallel to Harry and Albus is like what strengthens the theme and having Scorbus real get like makes that it undermines that, which I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Or it could be saying like they got rid of the blanket scene because it made people too mad. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I guess we'd have to get a more comprehensive list of the exact Albus and Harry scenes that got cut, right? Because I, I, I almost wonder if that is a bad way of phrasing. Like, I, I, I feel like it might be a bad way of phrasing that because it is explicit, there is no longer like a nebulous sense of Harry being disconnected from his son. And it's turned more into a like, Harry can't deal with his kid being gay story, which mm. is a change of character, I think, maybe. Uh, you know, if, if, if it's, if it's like, oh, Harry is, uh, like homophobic now, <laughs> like that's, a, why that would is... they make the play worse? Why would they make <laughs> people homophobic. matter? Harry has become homophobic in the new version of <laughs> first child. <laughs> um, but maybe that's what they mean is it's like, well, now there's not really any ambiguity as to why, you know, or, 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 that's um, horror. I didn't even think of that, that making Scorbus real, which honestly I would argue is also it's the already, case in the play. Yeah. Um, but making that like super explicit does make Harry being like, stay away from that kid, like kind of more fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the, the term flattening there, I think means maybe, yeah. That it just means like his uh, his motivation is just a little more. It, it's a little less of a like oh he's he's having trouble connecting with his son more like he has a specific problem with his son perhaps I don't know right. Um, um, it also says somewhere earlier that the themes are more stark and I'm very curious what that what they mean by that. Yeah, considering this is a play where a character looks at the audience and monologues exactly what the themes of the scene are. Uh, yeah. most of the time i'm curious i don't know how much more stark they could get yeah i, I guess do they mean stark tonally like maybe it's a little maybe they cut some of the whimsy or something Perhaps. i don't know we love the whimsy we love the whimsy yeah god the whimsy the whimsy is is really what carries this thing in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but yeah i did i did i did find that interesting uh most of the stuff that was cut is in the early half it seems um, I found a Reddit thread of someone compiling like specifics, uh, and yeah, all the, all the, um, the dream sequence flashbacks are gone and they like, I guess, put Harry's scar hurting in like other scenes instead. Oh, like all of them are gone. Cause I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking that they could cut like one of them out for time. Mm-hmm. The one I hate would be a, <laughs> would be a great one. Um, but like. Uh, spoilers, there's one in this reading we just did that I thought was quite good. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in this one that at least has some really cool imagery. Um, yeah. Uh, that that would be a disappointment to lose, I feel. Yeah, and I bet Imogen Heap wrote a, a banger song for it. Oh, yeah, God. I The the image, no pun intended, of Imogen <laughs> Heap uh, uh, composing. I, I, I really hope that she composed the score for this with her little, like, midi gloves that she I, was advertising around the time this came out. Um, that's all I picture. I picture her in the, like, knockoff Second Life metaverse uh, playing the midi gloves <laughs> in that, like, fake forest. <laughs> I know. I know that... Um, this like like this play has JK Rowling looming over it, which is like the biggest thing, right? Yeah. But but like the <laughs> the, the way that the, the more and more over the years they have like shuffled credit off to Jack Thorne in a way that makes sense has honestly made my most disappointing like experience reading this play. <laughs> Being like, oh, it's a shame that, that Imogen Heap just posts about NFTs constantly now. Like it's a like, shame, but it is very funny. Like, I, it's perfect for her, right? Oh yeah, and just like the the kinds of stuff that she posts is very funny. Yes, um, yes. She has gone to the virtual world, um, and I mean, honestly, like the content that has come out of celebs going to like worse Second Life mm-hmm. clients or whatever is so funny. <laughs> yeah, all the all the cele- they're they're like. All the celebrities getting wrapped up in the NFT stuff, it sucks, but it, it is also like actors are again, as we have as we constantly are saying on this podcast, actors are the stupidest people in the world. Um Yeah. And watching they got watching celebrities playing the worst MMO on earth. <laughs> watching celebrities do MMOs or do MMO stuff, do NFT stuff. Yeah. Uh, is at least I find entertaining in a way that JK Rowling's shit is not, right? Like Oh, absolutely. Sure, why not? Oh, well, that's that that's a I I, I don't know, like, I I guess that's an interesting thing to keep in mind for the rest of this, because, again, I, I, I do feel that for as long as this thing is imagining it going to see over two nights or whatever, this play has felt very dense as we've been reading it. Mm hmm. So I would be uh, uh, curious to see maybe a more comprehensive list. However, I think it's time for us to dive right into it because we have a lot of play to cover. It's time for Theater Voice. Yep. Act three of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Scorpius discovers that as a result of his actions, Cedric joined the Death Eaters and killed Neville Longbottom, preventing him from killing Nagini and allowing Voldemort to win the Battle of Hogwarts. With Harry now dead, Albus never existed. While Voldemort was able to completely consolidate power and transform the Ministry of Magic into a dictatorial regime. In the new timeline, Scorpius became a popular head boy and Quidditch star, helping the staff and students torment Muggleborns. Umbridge became the new headmistress of Hogwarts and patrols the school with Dementors and a revived Inquisitorial squad led by Scorpius. A powerful dark figure called the Augury leads the Ministry of Magic. With help from Ron, Hermione, and Severus Snape, now the final members of a dwindling anti-Voldemort resistance movement, Scorpius is able to use the time-turner to prevent the interference of Albus and his past self and restore the events of the original timeline, the alternate Ron, Hermione, and Snape, sacrificing themselves to the Dementors in order to allow him to do so. Scorpius reunites with Albus, and the two boys are eventually found by their parents, as well as Ron and Hermione, 
Following these events, Harry scolds Albus for his actions, but the two nevertheless begin to reconcile. Realizing the danger the time turn opposes, Scorpius and Albus attempt to destroy it themselves, but they are joined by Delphi. Scorpius notices that Delphi has a cool tattoo of an augury and realizes she was in charge of the Ministry of Magic in the alternate timeline. Delphi takes them captive, killing a fellow student in the process, and in reveals her intentions of restoring the alternate timeline. After Ron reveals that he saw Albus and Scorpius with Delphi while he was in Hogsmeade with Neville, Harry and Draco confront Amos, only to discover that Delphi has bewitched him into thinking she was his niece. Delphi takes the boys to the final challenge of the Triwizard Tournament, but Albus and Scorpius prevent her from acting, and Delphi uses the Time Turner again to travel further back in time. She inadvertently takes the boys with her and then destroys the Time Turner to leave them stranded in time. Searching Delphi's room, Harry, Draco, Ginny, Hermione, and Ron discover hidden writing on the walls describing a prophecy that will allow Voldemort to return. Draco questions why she would be so obsessed with Voldemort's return, as Ginny finds writing on the ceiling that claims Delphi is the daughter of Lord Voldemort. Long one, huh? Dun dun dun! Like I said, there's a lot of stuff they have to put in these plays, huh? Yeah, events events at rapid speed so rapid in fact that i had to reread some stuff several times to make sure i hadn't missed anything Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) um there's a specific there is there's a mention in this uh synopsis here that still giving me that feeling that i missed something even though i've i've now read this back to front like three times uh do you at the very beginning here, all of the mentions of Cedric, did you feel like you were missing missing something? Like, it feels like Cedric is just missing from this play. Yeah, I thought he was going to appear, right? Like, I thought yeah. there was going to be a scene of him showing up to be like, I'm Cedric, and I, I love Voldemort now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't happen. He's just kind of talked about, but not even very much, right? Mm-hmm. Um... But 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 with a sense of importance and gravity that like made me like double back a couple times like wait did I ah. miss a scene with him like because because there's a there's a there's a bit where Scorpius is like I've got to find out how Cedric became a Death Eater I'm like wait did we see that did that happen and I think the answer to that is 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 a little bit of a puzzle because in the very beginning of our reading for this week uh, Act Three Scene One we get a very long stage description. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, about how the you know the world is a, it's a reworked world the world of darkness and it's reflected in the staging and the music etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. I that's got to be the Voldemort Day dance stuff right uh yeah cuz I think the Voldemort Day dance is literally like the first thing you see coming in, tonight right, too right right so, uh, so so maybe we see like Cedric and stuff as well or yeah I don't know Musical yeah. number. That's honestly like I hand wave a lot of that weirdness away, just mm-hmm. assuming that. Yeah. Although I could also just be wrong. Um, also, I assume that like uh, the line in the stage direction, this is reflected in the staging in the music. But of all above all else, the tone of the choices we make, which right. is obviously like sort of a theme call out, but mm-hmm. also. Um, the way that I was thinking about it, I guess, is that Cedric really isn't important in and of himself. He's like the 
the chaos theory butterfly, right? Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. There's a, there's a specific line that made me double back a couple of pages. Like, oh shit, did I miss something? But I think I think it must be one like you're you're saying. Like he is not Cedric himself is not key in this world. It's just that he is the key that Scorpius and Albus are like aware of, right? Like like yeah, because they he like ch- happened to kill Neville. Um, but who who couldn't kill Neville? <laughs> Any, it could have been anyone, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Any, it just any, happened to be him. Yeah, yeah. It could have been Thorfinn. Thorfinn Rowley. Oh, Thorfinn Rowell was like the new head honcho of the Wizarding World. Right. Now, everyone has to watch Die Hard. This is my movie. I am in this one. Yeah, absolutely. So we start with a, with a great, great stuff here. Uh, Umbridge, oh, yeah, play Umbridge. Vol- it's Voldemort Day. We get a dance. We get a song, but also we get Umbridge and Scorpius with in a in a fun little scene. I they're having so much fun with this. Mm-hmm. The, there's there's the there's the bit that you 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 read in that stage direction that, uh, about like it's reflected in the choices we make, right? It's mm-hmm. re- and, and the choices to just lean into full-on campiness in most of these scenes is it, it just is so much more fun than any of the evil hogwarts stuff we got in the proper books i guess oh like, yeah um <laughs> we've we've got uh like screams randomly coming from off stage <laughs> <laughs> we've got um we've got the uh uh you, uh, you know a- aforementioned i guess at this point but the fact that it is the uh the holiday celebrating when harry potter died which is a very funny concept um they have a stupid little like salute that they do like a little vulcan salute where they cross their arms and say for <laughs> voldemort and valor yeah i mean i think this is the only way you can do this right yeah and I also think that it's probably hated, right? Because it is super campy, and I think yeah. that um, uh, I think that if you might be someone who really thinks that the Battle of Hogwarts is a solemn, solemn day of reflection, um, you might not appreciate this very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, and I and I don't think it succeeds like a hundred percent of the time here. Cause I think there are there, the moments where it does have to sort of come back to earth a little bit and, and be part of Harry Potter. I think those are the parts where this like alternate timeline stuff sort of stumbles. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, but whenever it is leaning into being full on, like, I don't know, like Indiana Jones style camp presentation of the bad guys. Right. Like it is, it 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 is um so much more engaging i think and like more just like it, it it's something that's like better suited to the tools that harry potter has like like as a story right like like the, the sandbox of harry potter is just mm-hmm. a lot more fun if you've got villains that are using that that stuff for fun i get like, i don't know like it's it's just immediately more uh uh reminds me more of like the tone of the early books where like even you know even the bad guys were like sort of like yeah they're it's fun to see them they're having a good time yeah it kind of reminds me of um early like filch stuff right as it's like he's gonna hang you by your thumbs right 
in Yay. the dungeons if you uh, get detention or whatever. Uh -huh. um, and that stuff, like, you can't reconcile that with the tone of the later books. Right, um, totally. And, like, like this play always seems to choose that. And it, it I mean, it makes sense. This is a... Um, like a mass media thing that is made on the same level of like a Disney play. That's like mm -hmm. the, that's the thing that strikes me over and over again, that it's like, if, if you are struggling with the tone, I think you could literally just like listen to the like Broadway adaptations of any Disney movie and be like, okay, that's like the level we're operating on. Right. This right. Is be, this is be prepared. Uh, for yes. The Lion King. The, Absolutely. That is all the Voldemort day stuff um to a t god tim curry voldemort could, could you imagine <laughs> if we had gotten that that would have been something but but that that's totally right right like it is that is that is the sense of the imagery that is the that is the level of darkness that this is at right like it's 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 dark we know they're the bad guys i am sure that there is supposed to be a like you know, Peter Pan pantomime style crowd booing when Umbridge appears, right? Like she's clearly just being like the the cartoon version of Umbridge that that is a lot more fun in the in her early scenes rather than like the completely bizarre, like serious version we get for the other oh, half of book yeah. five, right? Like like she's really just leaning into the um uh the, like, I guess like the fan and, and this is weird too right because it's like the fan perception of Umbridge is so heightened and silly but I don't think that people quite understand or grapple with like the campiness of that behavior right uh-huh and so like this is almost like this is like a real like twisting the fandom's words moment I feel because it's like everyone thinks that book five and beyond are like you know are good because they're serious and they grew up with them and whatnot and they have like more believable villains or whatever <sighs> but also the way that they treat umbridge is that she is a cartoon character because she is one really even even in the moments where jk rowling tried to make her a serious character she's a total cartoon yeah. and so like taking that expectation and like really feeding it while also being you know this ridiculous i think is is kind of a a, a good little moment of sleight of hand here to get this this is getting the audience on your side in a big way i think yeah i, I think that i mean the re common refrain right is that umbridge is like a more realistic villain because everyone has like encountered an umbridge before mm -hmm. um and i think that's true but it's also true of a cartoon character um <laughs> i mean cartoon right. characters are uh kind of simplified and an archetype and i would almost argue and this isn't just because i'm a big time snape head um but i would say that he is as realistic a bully teacher that someone could <clears throat> recognize having encountered as umbridges mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean there there's just a sense of like it's yeah, hmm. It, it, I guess I guess I'll put a pin in this because there there's some more language and some more scenes I think will will be direct directly addressing this later in the play just a little bit, but mm. I think that this does a this is this is doing a much more um entertaining job of what the later books was was were were missing that the first book sort of hinted at which is like everything that is bad and evil and like recognizably like you know not 
not good for a person to do or yeah, uh, not 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 good for a character to be or whatever but it's sort of like it, it there there's the sense of like it's it's taking the these evil elements and sort of like mocking them gently right and like it's mm-hmm. it's it's that level of like satirical presentation of real world world themes i mean like 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 straight up in in a in in like the next scene the staging says like the flags are fascistic right like yeah that's the big f word huh yeah yeah they 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 put the they put the fascist word in here that's kind of shocking to see yeah not because we don't know right? right but it's like everyone wants it to be like a secret that we all pretend that the fucking empire aren't the Nazis. <laughs> right. Um, and that this like Voldemort uh, supremacy stuff isn't the Nazis. Um, right. But to just see it in the stage direction and kind of breaks the spell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, but I, I think that it's, it's doubly interesting to see it there while the play is also clearly trying to be funny about it. Right. And like, th- that's such a, Especially with like when this play came out and sort of when like the public uh uh um uh I'm trying, trying, how to how to phrase this. Like the 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 media glomming on to the 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 concept of fascism and and presenting a like fa- fascism fascism is a word and descriptor becoming very in vogue again, right, and 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 very important uh, uh, to people in a lot of ways, right? To, to sort of return to this sort of media presentation of it as in a way that's like kind of mocking and uh, uh, defanging. I, I I I guess maybe is a word to describe it is it, it, it's it certainly hit at an interesting time. Um, and you don't see th- this kind of humor, I feel, has sort of fallen by the wayside. That this is almost like a weird relic, right? Of like, because you, you don't get the, the 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 campy fascist villains much anymore. Not yeah, in- like you said, it's it's Indiana Jones. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it, like it is, it is taking these, you know, very obviously uh, 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 demonstrably evil real world ideas and condensing them and presenting them in sort of a mocking and playful fashion. That's like. It, I I I think it's really fun, and I think that it, that it ends up being thematically very um, purposeful, right? Because, like I said, it it is it is explicitly uh, a, a mocking and sort of a, an attempt to I, again defang to 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 uh, uh, clown on. I I I, I it it but it it, it is. It, it's it's I think it's bold of them to put the word fascist right in the stage directions there. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's the hyenas marching during uh, <laughs> during be prepared, right? right? Which yeah, I think be is prepared. Yeah, I, I think it's a really smart um, way to take what the early books' whimsy were and sort of translate that into what the later books could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's good with the material and the stuff that I didn't like the most in these first parts in, in evil Voldemort world was when it veered more into uh, like sixth and seventh book. uh, Yes. Territory. Exactly. Yeah. That that... doesn't happen too much, but it does occasionally because we're still working with that property. Right. Cause, cause the, in the, in the, uh, in the, the, it's, it's so weird. Cause like in the early half here where it's all Scorpius, 
like we just get like the like cartoon castle dungeon level like evil evil uh uh death eater stuff right where it's like oh they're they're doing mysterious they're they're hanging you up i mean it is it is the filch stuff right they're hanging you up by shackles they're they're doing they're doing vague evil guy stuff uh uh scorpius is the scorpion king and he hangs out i went out. insane every time i saw him <laughs> called the scorpion king call him the scorpion king um you know and they talk about like ooh, we're gonna go we're gonna go har- harass some some mudbloods later ah and it's like oh you, you know audience booing like boo we hate the bad guys like like uh, we can't wait to th- see these guys get their comeuppance and, like that's there's an, el- an element of like pantomime to that right like it like it is just <laughs> like hamming it up for the audience reaction um but then there's like this part where like scorpius scorpius mentions like reading a daily prophet headline where it's like oh there was like a like a a bombing or whatever that's like a lot more like real like it starts <laughs> no it's like it's oh, fuck. we're back in ah oh, fuck we're back in we're back in like serious war world and it yeah. sort of it sort of like pulls you back down and it's like uh it, it, you, this this play can't fully escape being harry potter stuff right or 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 later mm-hmm. harry potter stuff um yeah, but it also has the blood balls. It also so has so who's the to say? Blood balls. <laughs> this this stuff is so rapid fire. Like there is a <laughs> there is a page between the introduction of the concept of the Scorpion King, which is which is like evil Scorpius's uh, 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 nickname. Like he he is he is Scorpion King, and and all the nasty Slytherin guys call him Scorpion King because he's so yeah, cool. and he's like an evil jock, right? He, right. Like, you are so good. Umbridge is <laughs> like, why have you why have you gone so astray? You are so good at sports and doing torture. You're so good at. She's, there's a part where she's like, you're so, you're so good. At, you you've been helping me uh, with the Inquisitorial Squad. Uh, doing torture and also you're really athletic <laughs> the like, like broom tricks you do are incredible yeah. so i don't want to i don't want to hear that you've become bad at torture also <laughs> yeah it's like are you having second thoughts about being awesome and evil we can't be having <laughs> that um but but he's so awesome and evil i love this this is such a great payoff for like <laughs> the jokes we were telling about polly chapman but like mm-hmm. evil, evil bitch Polly Chapman appears <laughs> and is like, well, Scorpion King, I hope you will find it in your heart to ask me to the blood ball, which I yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I guess is their evil version of the of the Yule Ball. I I love that so much. It's so good. Scorpion like- King is taking Polly Chapman to the blood ball. <laughs> I like to think that Polly Chapman is just the same in every world. Yeah, she just she's just like full on evil succubus in every world. That's who I'm. <laughs> yeah. every, every time that, that she arrives, I picture I, I I picture that character from Legacies. Which, by the way, oh yeah, if you search "Cursed Child" AMV on YouTube, you will not mm. find much because, of course, it is a play. There's not like you know any movies or cartoons or anything to like make stuff out of, but the few that do exist, I saw several that were using legacies footage to Wonderful. to make their uh, to make their cursed child AMV. Presumably, with um, what's her face, the 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 blonde uh, 
sister. I can't remember her name. Oh, but but yeah, they're, they're, you know, there's the twins. I think she is like a common fan stand-in for Delphi and like wonderful AMV content. So like, yeah, Polly Chapman, evil succubus. Ship is uh, you could get so much blood ball content out of those shows, right? Yeah, because they do they do like a prom episode every season. So oh, like three times a season. Yeah, some sort of dance, right? <laughs> The Blood Ball, of course, who you, the Scorpion King, are taking to the Blood Ball. You, Polly Chapman, <laughs> want me to take you to a ball? This is also, to me, this is also more Scorbus Real content. Or, or at least, like, I, I can see how people might absorb this into Scorbus Real content. Because he seems, like, way more flabbergasted at the concept of, like, taking a girl to the dance and of the concept. Like, then going, like, what the fuck is the Blood Ball? Like, excuse me, yeah. can you run that one back for me, please? <laughs> I love the blood ball. The blood ball. So yeah, just, just just right out of the gate here, we are having so much fun with the concept of the evil timeline. Um, in, in a way that I like like this is the fan service to me like i like n none of the harry and ron and, and hermione stuff not n none of no real like characters appearing stuff for me the fan service is like what if the bad guys were like funny again and i'm like yes yes this is this is storytelling to me i am gonna be so upset if the transition between these two scenes of polly chapman and the blood ball and uh, Scorpius going and talking to his dad isn't like a blood ball little dance transition. It's oh. all I want to see. Oh, yeah, that's... Mm. And there's like screaming, because like partway through their blood ball conversation, he's like, what's that screaming? And she's like, uh, it's torture, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah like, I, the way, the, the amount of times that a conversation is like interrupted in the stage notes by, by screaming from off stage that like distracts Scorpius. <laughs> I have such an amazing mental picture of this that I really yeah. hope is in the, like this, this whole, whole scene is just punctuated by people off stage off stage just yelling and screaming and stuff i love that idea mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the in my in my mind's eye in my perfect version of this play you have like you know like one of those rotating stages and you have the ball the ball dancers like like doing some cool twirls some like cl classic ballroom twirls and like the screams are like in time with whatever waltz music is playing uh, here yeah right like like punctuating every end of the phrase like that would be Moi, chef's kiss, bravissimo. Like, that's what I need out of this. Uh, I hope Imogen can write a waltz. Yeah, Imogen. I, she's got a lot to... There's a lot of specifics in the, in the, in the scene uh, 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 notes and whatnot here that make me hopeful that she, uh, she, she stepped up to the plate here. Because, you know, Voldemort Day sounds great, so... Yeah. She might have she nailed it, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful we get some variety here. <laughs> Um, if you search Polly Chapman into um, the Harry Potter subreddit, mm. you get three results. Wow. One of the, and like none of them count either. Like one of them is just like a here's all the birthdays of all the Harry Potter characters. And Polly Chapman is listed under like unknown. Oh, um, wow. So that doesn't count. And none of them are about her. Right? There's like one cursed child like hate post that's like, I hate this. And it like happens to mention her in it um and the third one i can't even remember because it's also not about her so then no one has mentioned like hey what's with holly chapman right like no yeah i noticed this searching for blood ball too like no one 
<laughs> no one said anything about the blood ball. No one's talking about the blood ball. Which is that is so like no not even not even like in a hater post, you know, like not even a like ugh, I can't believe they changed Yule Ball to Blood Ball. That's so edgy. Like but no one no one's done that kind of post. There's nothing. Everyone Well, actually nobody talks about like what would have happened to Voldemort one, which seems like an easy thing to mine mm-hmm. for content if you have been talking about Harry Potter on a forum for 20 years or whatever like you'd right. be like what would what would happen what kind of fucked up stuff would happen if Voldemort <laughs> won and like we have an it's like the blood ball would happen the blood ball would happen Voldemort day would happen the coolest guy at the school would be named Scorpion King yeah is that because Voldemort likes them I mean like I, I know the real answer is because his name is Scorpius but like like what if it's because Voldemort really likes the movie Scorpion King what if Draco likes the movie Scorpion King? Oh, that, that's what he got into after uh, Point Break. He was like, hey, I found yes. a new I found a new, I found movie. A new VHS. There's a part where the rock turns into a scorpion. Right. Uh, is that what happens? I, yeah. He like the rock comes out at one point and turns into, or is it? No, I forgot. No, it's backwards. In the mummy, the rock turns into the scorpion and that is the scorpion king but the scorpion king is a prequel to those and the scorpion king is like a cool guy who uh is a king and hits people with his sword i did not absorb very much from those films <laughs> the cinema the we're mummy. at the theater the mummy the mummy ah yes once we have finished harry potter and the cursed child we are going to see the mummy <laughs> the mummy returns cinema theater that's right. Um, so now, so so Blood Ball, I, God, I could just talk for all day about how much I love the Blood Ball as a concept and, and this Polly Chapman scene. But this is now taking us to Draco. Um, and this is where we get the description of the, the Fashy Banners, which, again, mm-hmm. I think is just a it's, – it's, 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 it's really interesting to see that, like, on paper here. Like, cause, cause you know it, I know yeah. it, we all know it, uh, that that's, that's always been like the implication here, but to just see, see it written there is like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I really, I know we talked about it, but it's kind of amazing to see in Harry Potter, to see camp acknowledge that because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, that's what it's like. Camp is one of the only things that can deal with that. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. In, especially in a property like this, mm-hmm. um, and so to just see it, I'm like, that's great. Let's let's all stop like pretending that that's not the case. Yeah, right? I, I think that I think what makes this so fascinating to me is that like Camp never stopped doing this really, um, mm-hmm. but but it became. I feel like it became like less common knowledge, maybe. I I I, I like lost knowledge or like like something people were kind of like willfully ignorant about, and not really confronting. Because the the thing I always think about is is the it, it became very easy with like the new Star Wars movies, and and, and to like write there were just it was a lot of discourse, there was a lot of articles, or a lot of I mean like this was everywhere if you were like half following even Star Wars while these last round of movies was coming out uh, or if you were trying not to or even if you were trying a lot not. anyway <laughs> if you didn't even see the last movie you, yeah but like but like oh how can people like kylo ren because because did you realize that he is a he's a fascist he's a he's a nazi guy like how can you like 
the the stormtrooper designs how can you say that how can they make the stormtroopers look cool and it's like there is a degree with that kind of thing where, where it can cross over into like being weird i think it's weird that they have like like, like I, I, th- th- this is a tangent but like the, like the the stupid new star wars like theme park that's like a like a weird larp right like mm-hmm. there's a lot of like just straight up like you would you want to buy some like you know empire merch that looks like <laughs> like fascist memorabilia which is kind of strange i think maybe um mm-hmm. when you divorce it from character i think that's when it becomes a little odd right um yeah but 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 like it's it's so core to the concept of like what makes these characters uh uh larger than life i guess is the, the presentation of them um that, that it, it's 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 interesting it's not it's not interesting that it, the play did it because nearly all media with villains that are heightened uh beyond you know like a personal level personal connection with the main character i think heightens it to like this degree but it is interesting that it's not pretending that it isn't like you say i guess like mm-hmm. like like that, that it, it's and, and I feel like that is a very much a product of like this play came out like several weeks before the election or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. The fandom has a very odd relationship with politics, I guess, and and um. Yeah, because it wa- it wants to not acknowledge this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I'm not saying everybody that is quote unquote in the fandom won't acknowledge it, but yeah. I think that there is like a a feedback loop of wanting to talk uncritically about the media you're consuming kind of necessarily makes not talking about this stuff more in vogue. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because I'm certainly not saying that, like, every camp portrayal of fascism is, like, good, right? Like, like that's not, it's not, like, inherently good to do it that way, but it's, like, it is something that has been a popular facet of, um, uh, of like uh, uh, pop culture me- media stuff for uh, <laughs> a century at this point, at least, right? We're kind of stuck with it at this we, point. We, like beyond just like saying whether that is good or bad, right? Uh, we've been stuck with it, and we will be for a while. Yeah, um, and uh, to I guess pretend that that's not the case or it's rather it's not that it's it's not that people don't pretend that it's not the case is that people act surprised when they are made aware that it's the case i guess yeah Um, yeah which which can be a little tiresome um um so it's 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 interesting to see because like if we're talking purely about taste i think that the the way that old harry potter and this play for the most part handles it um with this sort of disarming sense of humor and and um uh, uh uh camp is i think more tasteful than what the later books did which is uh act like jk rowling's understanding of what like real world politics is like is very uh, uh, <laughs> is like very serious and solemn and also like nuanced which you like it is not at all and it's i i find that so much more offensive personally than than the the sort of more fun um uh condensed uh abstracts you know symbolic version of it i guess rather than like making voldemort like he's hitler and a serial killer uh and uh 
and this is like uh 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 the iraq war and the world war ii at the same time like that just sucks so bad to me like yeah i guess we also have grindelwald as an even more solemn serious example right god yeah um i mean he's yeah i mean i think we've called him wizard hitler several times i mean Um, he is wizard hitler except and like that like here's the thing voldemort here is is campy swishy hitler that's that is if you if you if you want to look at that under under a microscope i will not argue with anyone who thinks that's a little strange right but that is a broader cultural conversation to have right because that is how yes villains have been portrayed for again like the better part of a century at this point um however on the other hand grindelwald is a character who exists to espouse a very specific opinion about how fascism manifests by J.K. Rowling. And that opinion is that uh, (laughs) you should not fight them uh, because if you do, it makes them worse and gives them power. And it's really the fault of the people who, uh, who try to stomp out fascism that fascism exists. Right, like that is a much, much, much more harmful. I, I, I feel uh, presentation of fascism in pop culture media than um, what if Voldemort had a funny little dance that he did. Right, like it, it's very textual in Crimes of Grindelwald. Right, <laughs> like right. that. I think the characters even just say that, but they don't say the f word. Right, um, Dumbledore has to like, like, like solemnly explain to like the the detectives or whatever who are trying to like say like, okay, well we okay we need to go in and arrest or kill this evil guy. He's like, no, no. If you do that, uh, it, it'll be it'll be worse um, than if we uh, let him ascend to power. And apparently, I guess in the next movie, he's going to almost steal an election with a magic deer. So. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm sure, glad no one. Just a guess. Just a quick just guess a qu- on that yeah, one. Quick, yeah, just guessing. Just predicting. Don't know for sure. Parody, etc. But like a weird shot in the dark to make. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like nonetheless, right? Like it, 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 they are, these things are operating in different spheres. I think there's absolutely a conversation to be had, broadly speaking, about how. Um, media treats fascism but like that is not like harry potter's uh or, or cursed child rather it's like like um a unique purview whereas grindelwald and voldemort in the later harry potter books and fantastic beasts films and whatnot that is a very specific message about fascism from the author bespoke that sucks and it's just a different beast altogether i would say uh, yeah, yeah. And even in this like simplified version where it isn't the point, it's like still like we got to stop this shit at any cost. Right. right? Like, yes. That's that is the like uh, the flip side of having this like evil like cartoon villain is that it is easy for the characters to also say like, OK, this is this is so bad. We got to we got to do anything to stop this. Exactly. Like like the, there's, you know, any attempt to be nuanced about the villains side of things in these later the later books is met with an equally nuanced and i would argue therefore neutered and 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 useless uh, uh um uh defiance from the characters 
Whereas in this, sure, they are cartoon characters. They're a little cuddly. They're fun and and uh, charming. However, they also are explicitly going to get owned. Uh, and like the, and like the characters have uh, uh, the the protagonists have zero qualms with uh, undermining them and fighting them and killing them. Right? Like it's yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's it's. Uh, uh, it's a it's a harder a harder stance on 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 both ends I think um, yeah that I think counterbalances I, I'll take this it. version any day of the week sure yeah exactly um but so Draco and Scorpius in the alternate timeline here they they meet up in his fashy office and Scorpius is like well what's my dad like in the evil world um and it turns out well. <laughs> He is impressive in a way we haven't seen. Mm. This is Draco uncucked. <laughs> but now you witness my true form. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is still in the fridge, but however, I was not cucked. Very important distinction. Im- impressive in a way we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, he has the smell of power about him, and he wears the authority well. These are the stage directions here. Um, I understand completely. <laughs> I understand what this is uh, laying down for me. Uh, flying down either side of the room are augury flags. The bird emblazoned in a fascistic manner. That's the line we've been talking about. And also, that is our second, I should point out, uh, early mention of the augury. Um uh, Dum- uh, uh D- Dolores Umbridge mentions it, uh, and Polly Chapman actually maybe maybe this is our third, but but the word augury is appearing a lot, um, and bird wings. They really Star Wars this up, didn't they? Yes, they really did. Because <laughs> this really kind of ca- this kind of cast uh, like the Ministry as the Empire, and then Voldemort is kind of like wizard, you know, like yeah. similar to you know Palpatine is wizard, yeah. Uh, and the Empire would be the Ministry, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the bit that I, I will say I think I, I started feeling like it was moving a bit fast. Um, mm. Because this scene, while I love, look, I love to see evil Draco, evil, evil Draco here. Um, yeah. Uh, number one, it, it does have the downside of having the more latter day Harry Potter stuff with like, oh no, there's muggle bombings and, and, and stuff in the newspaper and there's death camps, which is like, that's, that's getting a little less fun and more into like, just like, well, now you're just doing the, the World War II book stuff again. Um, uh, but it's also like, uh, uh, Scorpius starts mentioning Cedric, Scorpius starts mentioning, uh, 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 how different Draco used to be when he like was you know mourning his wife or whatever and it like th- this felt like a very fast change of heart i think this 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 scene here um but then again it's a stage play so who knows how long stuff is taking to come out of the actor's mouth like, i don't know like i reading this i had to double back a couple times and be like wait hold on he's good now he's good now or bad now or, or whatever. What did you have any trouble with this? Um, I would love to see, um, when we take our tickets to go see this, <laughs> this, uh, play yeah. to see how the actors play it. Um, I did have a little trouble with it. I, 
I think that it is always going to be harder to read a play when it is solemn and serious, right? Yes. And, and I do agree with you. I don't like the tone of this very much, but there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I get it. Because it, it this is literally the same thing that we had before where it's like, okay, well, we're doing the solemn thing. So mm-hmm. uh, the the world gets more serious around the theme instead of the opposite, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, I can um, see that. So I get it. Um, yeah. Even though I don't like some of the individual parts um, here. My best... I guess assessment of the scene without seeing the actors play it um, really is that Draco um, will just uh, is who he is regardless of his circumstances. Right. And the world makes him better or the world makes him Mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. Which is, I think uh, if, if I were to take away something really positive about this scene, even though it's something that I, I take away from a lot of the scenes in, in this book and at uh, this play and arguably like it feels like this is what this play is ramping up to. This is like the most not 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 to lean on the Star Wars comparison again, but like this is the most like last Jedi fix it of uh, um, one of the worst aspects of Harry Potter, the book series, right? Of like everyone is just born good or evil. Like the very Calvinist view that that book has Mm -hmm. suddenly in the last few chapters, that feels very strange. Like, yeah, Draco would be different. Um, if he had, uh, if he had, you know, uh, been exposed to different stuff growing up and he, you know, he changed in, in, in this story, he changed for the better late in life, uh, in, 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 um, uh, in, in the, the good timeline. Um, but it's cool to see the book, this story acknowledge that, right? Or, or, or take a different, um, uh, 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 tack on, on this, this theme than like, uh, some people are just born, uh, Ted Bundy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I see this. So I think that I had trouble with this scene just because, uh, you don't get the thesis of it until later. Um, in a few scenes and that sort of made it click with me where I'm like, oh, I I understand the mm-hmm. tone a little bit better. And it's when Scorpius says, you know, the world changes and we change with it. I'm better off in this world, but the world is not better. Um, and, that, yeah. and that's like if our main kind of father son uh, conflict here is is Harry and Albus. This is sort of the the parallel one, and I th- I would assume that this is the conclusion of that, right? Because it's it's Draco and right. Scorpius seeing each other as they are. Yeah, I I I think that's a really good point, and, and I think that 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 also, um, <laughs> is just like this this play is dedicated to that theme in a sense right like like it, it it's it's a recurring thing with every character almost that there's a uh either a thing that that is changed in in the timeline that affects them in the future or they are presented with an opportunity to change and either take it or don't um but it's all of it is a choice the character makes um uh given the you know w- with with the cards they're dealt rather than um uh a uh, 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 fate you know good pulling them along uh 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 tragically or whatever i i i think that that for is for maybe as clumsy as this scene might feel to read i think that underneath it i think it's still a really worthwhile scene if that makes yeah, sense yeah i know? think it kind like, of trips over itself a little bit like it's almost like it trips to the theme without um 
the how we get there part making a whole lot of sense. But yeah. again, like I need to see the yeah. actors do it. Um, I also kind of have a fandom answer. Not tr- like I think, okay, fan answer is what I would say. This is mm-hmm. almost um, a- an explanation of what Slytherin is, I think. Because what Slytherin is is really, really muddy as in it's evil and it's spooky right and that doesn't really map very well onto people um Mm -hmm. in a way that makes sense for a house that kids get sorted into right (laughs) um and so like looking at this uh, i think there's like a stage direction very early and it describes scorpius as as being coiled um and like mm. tense or whatever. And I almost want to say this is like a fix it. This is what Slytherin is, which is that you just adapt to your circumstances. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. that, that and yeah. I, that it makes almost sense. feels like it asks and answers that question. Um, like what, what the hell does being a Slytherin actually mean? Because nowhere mm-hmm. else does it reckon with that. And I will say that's not like a super criticism of the original stuff. Just because I don't think those they're really about reckoning with what Slytherin is. Slytherin no. is just like the bad guys. Um, but this is a different story, so no, it, it makes sense. P- P- like a, a a a house for people who are stuck being the products of a specific environment, mm-hmm. right? And like like that because you know it talks about cunning, like like cunning and adaptability or whatever are like part of the Slytherin creed or whatever but that makes sense right it's it's like you you're not fighting against it you are working with it and that can go many ways depending on what environment you're in and you know what choices you make right like i I like that explanation that makes sense um scorby's is confused so he he kind of like gets a a little bit of a like side timeline redemption arc thing out of his dad here Mm -hmm. um and then he goes to the library and he's like what the hell going on? This is a little weird, I'm right? I'm Scorpion King. Um, what the heck? I'm, <laughs> I'm the Scorpion. Excuse me, I'm the Scorpion King. I thought that was the Rock's job. Right. Um, but he starts checking in the library. This is the specific line I highlighted mm-hmm. where I had to double back and make sure I hadn't missed something. Sure. Where he says, "How did Cedric become a Death Eater? What have I missed? Oh, <laughs> Find me yeah. some light in the darkness." And I'm like, "Wait, what did I miss? What are you talking about?" Maybe. Maybe Polly um, Chapman whispered it into his ear during the blood ball. Ooh, I, I see. That's the kind of thing, though, right? Like maybe because we're because we're moving between like Hogwarts and the Ministry here. There's got to be some sort of like transitional scenes that are happening, perhaps that like where Cedric maybe appears and doesn't say anything, yeah, right? But Polly like, Chapman you know, says, we, we, "See that guy over there? That's Cedric Tiggery. <laughs> He's a Death Eater." Leaning. <laughs> leaning over to my my date at the blood ball when <laughs> Cedric Diggory appears. That's Cedric Diggory. <laughs> um uh and uh he he you know he's 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 confused. He's still being called Scorpion King. Everyone thinks he's awesome, but he's like this isn't this is weird. This, this isn't right. Um Craig Boker Jr. appears, a new a new great Harry Potter student name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Craig Boker, uh, this this is a, a really fun scene. Craig Boker's like his toady who's like doing his homework for yeah. him because he's the Scorpion King, mm-hmm. which I really yeah, love. Yeah, and he's like, no, I uh, love homework. This is so messed up. This is a messed <laughs> up world. 
I'm a nerd. I love doing homework. I would never get Craig Booker Jr. to do it right. for me. Um, but then, he, you know, he the Craig mentions, like, what if it did, didn't you have, like, a paper for Snape to do or something? And he's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Did you say Snape? Uh, and that was also my reaction when I read that line. Yeah. <laughs> was, wait. Yep. This is. Did you say Snape? Uh, this is, is my, the start of me being extremely owned by this play. Okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you the the podium here. Tell us about Snape's appearance, Snape's arrival into this the world of this play. This is so exciting. I don't know why. I think that I thought of this early on, where I was like, "Wait, Snape could be in this," and yet Snape could be in and this. Yet I was still surprised and owned by this. If you had told me there was new <laughs> Snape content for me in 2022, <laughs> I would not have believed you. Um, Scorpius goes and finds yeah. Snape and Snape is just normal, normal Snape, um, teaching potions still. Uh, and this excellent scene where Snape is playing the spy still. Um, so we yeah. kind of get to see him like talk to Scorpius a bit in the same way that he would have talked to Draco during the original books, right? Like he's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, has to be a little bit, uh, give him a little deference, um, uh, because of how powerful his dad Draco is. Um, and Scorpius basically confronts him with being a war hero and tells him stuff that, um, he wouldn't know. Otherwise, uh, Snape thinks his cover is blown, uh, until Scorpius, kind of convinces him that he's on his side because he knows about Lily. Mm. Interesting. This is so good. This is so good. Like, (laughs) I, I, I will, I, 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 I have, I, perhaps with a little, a little bit of shame and sheepishness, but not really. Uh, This is candy to me. This is, this is, uh, I, I did mention that mainly the tone of this was the fan service for me, but I am not immune to like cool early book Snape style vamping, right? Like it, this is this is pure uncut Snape here. Yeah. It's very fun. I, I mean, I I know what people mean when they say this is like fan fiction, but it is in yeah. the way that I read this and go like, this is like fan fiction. Hell yeah. Well, because it's it's fan fiction in the way that the the later books weren't and should have been right because the the later books when people say it feels like fan fiction, uh, they mean that like oh it's like self indulgent, mm-hmm. um, in in its characters. But like I got a I got like a a newsflash for them. There is nothing on earth more indulgent than the last two Harry Potter books. It's just that she wasn't indulging in Harry Potter anymore. She was indulging in like whatever fucking like <laughs> I don't know. She watched Band of Brothers or something before reading it, right? <laughs> like, but it's it's so it's it's so self indulgent about like the the shit that she was obsessed with when she wrote it. This is self indulgent in the sense that like the the way that the characters were in the original book where it's like yeah there's like a funny evil teacher who's kind of a jerk and really he has a heart of gold right and it's like we can't see that because the book is through the lens of harry potter the character but we get like a speed run of that here mm-hmm. in just like one scene where it's like he's a he's a caustic jerk ass teacher and then it turns out that oh secretly he's a cool rebel and not only that but he you know he was he has a 
uh, a tragic backstory where he tried to uh, save Lily or whatever. So yeah, we just get get like the Snape greatest hits all in one scene here, and it and it kind of works because like we didn't get that for the better part of three actual Harry Potter novels, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. This we talked about the box of candy last time, and I'm like, God yeah. damn it, they they packed one just for me. This is like the one. <laughs> this is the this is the truffle with the sea salt on top. Yum. I love that one. <laughs> but right, but like when they say like, oh, this feels like fan fiction. I mean, like when you think about it, fan fiction's goal is to uh, capture the essence of a thing that you like and make more of it, right? Or, 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 or put a different twist on it. It's like, yes, this does feel like fan fiction in that it is perfectly capturing the vibe of the early Harry Potter books. With yeah, or um, like to fulfill something that won't happen normally like you know is never gonna be canon which is fine and then this strikes that balance of like both like best of both worlds in that really this doesn't happen like it's it's the what if um but is wrapped in a time travel story um yeah yeah like this is this is as you say it is both because this stuff this stuff exists to be undone right like like this is our one glimpse into this version of Snape again, yeah. Um, for funsies, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I when I was like looking for images and stuff from this play, I, I found a picture of like this scene of Snape mm. in his classroom mm-hmm. and his like chalkboard that he's writing on in this scene he's got like this giant diagram of like the difference between light and darkness yes. or something <laughs> he's like he's, he's working on like an evil like an evil versus good equation I made or my something. evil curriculum <laughs> just i'm theming it with the blood ball this year <laughs> he's so good <laughs> it's immediately charming um i mean like he is he is like he is talking he's very heightened snape here because i mean this is condensed this is one scene that we've gotten Mm -hmm. here um and so i i I guess maybe i could see that being like the thing where people say like it feels like fan fiction because it feels like the character is talking like snape capital letters you know what i mean like like uh, as a formality but that is also how these scenes felt in book seven to a degree right and i will take this over book seven any day Uh, yeah absolutely i mean yeah we get some more of that um just like talking about snape character stuff when when everything is sort of revealed the stage direction is like snape did something unexpected he smiled which is very uh Mm -hmm. sort of indulgent right in that way um that wouldn't have happened with early snape but it almost feels like a um i mean an alternate universe of of uh, Mm -hmm. what snape's character like could have been had he lived and um in like the good world right Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. it's just it's good shit i'm so owned it's 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 it, I think so much of this it, it, like so much of this play I I think a lot of my reaction to this stuff is because I feel like I'm lost in the desert with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Read like reading books 6 and 7 
as someone who like I I I, I was never like uh, I never had that like Harry Potter fandom level obsession with it, but I I really liked the early books, and I I specifically I really liked it, it, it to, to to bring up a, a previous lesson like the camp of it right. Mm. Um, and to see the characters return to that here, it really, it really is like my oasis, right? It's like, oh, finally, the characters are having fucking fun again. Like, this isn't like, by, by, by no means is this like, you know, high, high literature, the, 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 the peak of theater, but it's like, as far as specifically in this, the realm of Harry Potter, um, the context of being a Harry Potter play, seeing this character appear in this way just feels really good uh, yeah. in, 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 a, in a way that works for me. And that's sort uh, of the thing uh, about this, like, kind of story, right? You don't read popcorn media to not cheer and hoot and holler, right? That's what it's for. Right. Yeah. There, I, I think there are definitely... It's, it's a tightrope, and I think it's very specific context that I'm able to enjoy this in, where it's like, I... I think that there are plenty of franchises and stories and and um so on that like if they did something like this, I think that I would have a 99% chance of bouncing off of it, right? Um they've been showing the posters for the new Lord of the Rings show recently. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. I I'm pretty sure I am gonna just end up hating that thing. Why? Like I, I have. I tell me I, everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's set way before uh, uh, the the movies and 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 the books. It is set. Uh, it's, I guess it's drawing a lot of stuff from like the Silmarillion. So before the um, Hobbit, even before the Hot Well, before the Hobbit. How even. old are those Hobbits? Uh, Hobbits. So well, in um, <laughs> if I remember right, in Fellowship of the Ring, the novel. Uh, Frodo's like fifty-five by the time the adventure starts, or something, because oh, okay. they like spend like eleven years just keeping the ring in the Shire, right? Oh, like, I just wasn't sure if they were like long-lived. Like, oh, this they, they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're 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 like like six hundred like, or like, like two hundred. They live a long time, okay. I believe. Um, so yeah, so like a Hobbit 55 is still like a person 25 or whatever. A right? Young like, Elijah Wood. Yes. Young Elijah Wood looking. Um, but, but, the, but the, the, the show is going to be set like thousands of years, uh, ahead because it's in a different age. Um, but is, it is about Sauron or, or it's going to be dealing with like pre being a big armor guy, Sauron, right? Which one and, is like, he? That's a very cool. He's the he's the big evil guy. See, he's the tower. See, they named one character Sauron <laughs> oh, and right, one Saruman. And... Saruman. No, this is yeah, this is big evil armor guy oh, okay, who okay. is a tower. I must have fallen asleep during that movie. part, but okay. <laughs> but it's like I, I look at that and I go like, mm, if this is just going to be like a parade of like, here's this character, here's this character, <laughs> here's this, guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go insane. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. But there's something so crystalline about my experience with harry potter i guess that has like made this work on me in a way and number one i think it is because this is telling a story right i i i think that this is underneath all the camp underneath all of the the fan surface stuff i think that this is a fun story about um about harry potter's themes Mm -hmm. right um it's 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 doing stuff thematically that i appreciate 
Whereas I have no idea what the themes of fucking Cad Bane showing up in a Bat Boba Fett show. Uh, like, like <laughs> that that's just, you're adding another cowboy to the cowboy show. Like, what the fuck? Go away. Maybe if it was the um, theater, they could have the characters the turn and tell you the thesis of the scene. Um, and then maybe they, the writers would think about the thesis of the scene so that they could have the characters say it. That's yeah. the power of the theater. <laughs> it's it's it, but it but it, it it's it is it is doing a good job um because because at the end of the day like like none of us are ab- above fucking pop media right like like i i'm not sitting here reading uh uh fucking dostoevsky every day like i i i fucking like i like star wars i like lord of the rings i like i i like harry potter i my my number one franchise I'm obsessed with is When They Cry, which is uh, absolutely a like multiverse timeline characters appearing that you recognize story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not made of stone, right? But it's 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 diff it's a tight tight balance you have to strike, and I think that this play has just thrown a dart right at the bullseye of like where it needs to be for me to like this stuff I might typically roll my eyes at, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it like you said earlier, it does help. It does address and answer questions about, about Harry Potter that I think that even we had. In that way, yes. it feels like, gosh, the one that got me for this is like, obviously, I've talked extensively about um, the ways that the like Lily Snape story does not work for me uh, mm-hmm. in the books and why that just like doesn't feel like a satisfying payoff for that character. And you can't like fix that right like i don't think that they are going to just like be like ah that didn't happen um right but there's just like a one line thing in here that said like isn't it like a potential like addressing of that i think it's even snape that says it um i don't know if i can find it in this moment but he he just basically says like he um started fighting for lily and like started fighting for the cause and then somewhere along the line started to believe it and I'm like, that is a more like mm. more clarity to his character than any of that shit ever was. Yeah, in like yeah, one line, it just like I'm not gonna say it fixes it because, but it's just it's like, yep, that is that is a character. Yeah, it it, it is it is utilizing stuff very very well. Um, the the previously but I think was some of our most hated additions and elements or, or what have you to the series, right? Mm-hmm. Like the scene here that, that, we're, that we're going to with Snape, where Snape takes Scorpius down to like their secret whomping willow, like, like resistance room. Mm-hmm. It's just a scene of Snape and Ron and Hermione sort of like doing a way cooler version of the most baffling scene in book seven, where they meet the order of the Phoenix yeah. in the room of requirement. Right. We're like, that sucked there. <laughs> you could go and listen to us talk for like nearly two hours about how confusing <laughs> that scene is. Um, thematically. And here in a very relatively short amount of time, we get a much clearer picture of like what their, resistance looks like and like the little that they are able to do like they talk about you know there's only a few of us left we can only do so much uh ron and hermione have 
I wouldn't, I, I can't even judge whether or not they have chemistry. Cause like th- this is, this is going to rely so much on like the actors when we go see the play mm-hmm. for real in real life. Um, um, but like the words they are saying to each other are loving, right? Yeah. Like they clearly want you to know that these characters have a a, a a pining and a and a yearning for each other. I mean, and this escalates as as the scenes continue. Um, you know, they are they are saying stuff to each other about how they feel about each other and how like they make each other feel most importantly, I think mm-hmm. um, that never happen in the books ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 the Harry Potter series is like biblical in length and <laughs> basically at no point, either textually or subtextually do Ron and Hermione, like share how they feel about each other and we get it in like five lines between them here and it's like it's great it 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 does it can't escape and like like this is almost like the big the big tragedy of this play is like it can't escape being harry potter um now more than ever you know this this was written when harry potter was still like a a perfectly socially acceptable normal thing to like um yeah the the gravity well that Harry Potter is and its author is as a franchise now uh, has increased infinitely since this came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it is fascinating to read this and see it um, rearrange these parts that fucking sucked, but are nonetheless <laughs> part of Harry Potter. Like you can't say they're not right. Like you can't say, well, book seven didn't happen. No, it did. I, in fact, I spent a year reading it, right? Like I can't, <laughs> I know, I know just for a fact how, how real that book is. Yeah. Um, and so like to turn those shitty elements on their head and, and be like, well, we can't get rid of them, but we can do something with it is, is very satisfying. I feel. And so maybe that's part of it too, is like, like this is fan service and this is very, uh, uh, you know, self-referential, but it's, it's, it's self-referential in a way that's like, remember that shit that sucked? What if it didn't? And it's like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm up over that. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is purely like, hmm. I don't. Obviously, we don't know how the writing process of this went. Um, really, mm-hmm. any of the elements. But I just can't shake the sense that the writing of this, somewhere along the line, had someone read the books because they were maybe gonna write a Harry Potter play, and that mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff they felt the same way about it that we did. That is the like kernel here that. I think makes the candy work for me. <laughs> There's a sense of camaraderie. Yes, here. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, you yeah. thought that sucked too? You went, what the <laughs> hell are they talking about? Jack Thorne, just like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, cause it's like, yes, I, I read this and I go, of course this is, pure sugar of course this is fan service uh um but 
at the same time, it's like it's it's just sweet enough where it's not going to give me a tummy ache right here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's there's enough else going on that I'm like, you know what? Sure. Why not? I'll have a I'll have the uh, I like the the, the strawberry one. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it's the, the strawberry ganache or whatever. Right. I don't think I would care about this even like 10 percent of as much if we hadn't done the podcast right like that's like a thing that i'm like anchoring to as well if i read that i'd be i'd be like yeah okay whatever um Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. it it would feel like reading this this script of the beauty and the beast disney broadway adaptation i'd be like (laughs) okay whatever um but i think that that like answering the questions or addressing the problems uh, feels much more satisfying after kind of our close look at it. There, There's, yeah, there's like a sense of catharsis doing this with you, right? Because it's like, if, if, if the last thing that we had had to read of Harry Potter was fucking book seven, I mean, like, that would have been fine, right? Because it's like, it's uh. like that, if, if that's where it, where it ended, but like, what a slog of a book, right? Like, yeah. And and to 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 be able to 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 get to quote unquote book eight here, <laughs> and for it to be fun in a way more stupid way is like ah oh, there's just a sense of release right like of course this is uh uh, uh it's it's a it's a perfect note um for the franchise to to currently well, I guess I guess the franchise did not end on this we've got the Fantastic Beasts mo- uh, movies right but it's like. As the eighth, the eighth book pitch sunk this book for everybody, but just for us specifically, it's perfect because it's like, oh, what a great uh, 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 victory lap to take, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the opposite, than... though. It's like someone lost the race and then they thought they won and <laughs> took a victory lap, right? <laughs> right, yeah. But it is, there, there, yeah, there is just a sense of like, oh, this is... This is so cathartic for 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 me, having do, been doing this close reading and getting to do something. I'm, I'm glad it's fucking fun, right? And not insane and 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 dense and dark and and confusing and uh, uh, <laughs> unedited as uh, <laughs> Deathly Hallows was. Did the right? people want like a a dark play? Do they know mm. what they're asking for? <laughs> Yeah, God. I mean, like they exist. You oh, can go. yeah. But is yeah. that is that what they wanted? Yeah, is that what you want to go do? God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a. It's just a different scene. How about that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's not happening on like Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, the the darkest that gets is Dear Evan Hansen or whatever right. the fuck, which is not dark on purpose. <laughs> um. Uh, but no, this 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 stuff's fun. I I like their their funny little resistance room. The banter between again Hermione and Ron, like it's clearly them as characters, but it is it is so much more flirtatious and loving than it ever was in the book. I mean, there's the, there's a the great bit where they hear from Scorpius about like what the other timeline is like and how like oh you're married and you have kids or whatever. And uh, uh, Ron's just like, wow, their mom's really hot or whatever, right? <laughs> like, it's like, that's cute. That's fun. It also feels like something that he would say. Like, yeah, he is very Arthur in all of this. Yes. Oh, my God. He's yes. Arthur in a way that he isn't in the normal timeline. 
which is sort yeah. of interesting. And I don't know mm. if it's intended. The part where he's like, whoops, and has his wand pointed the wrong way and all this stuff is very, like, Arthur content to me rather than the weird joke shop stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it makes me feel like it's like, did did Fred not die in this one? So he doesn't have to run the joke shop. So he became Arthur instead of becoming like a we like a Fred and George stand in. I think that's an maybe one of my most like question mark things. <laughs> yeah, there there is that bit where Scorpius is like explaining like what the different timeline is like. And Ron is even like, wait, hold on. You're I run a joke shop. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I, I do feel like you got to time out yourself if you've written that in your play. Like, if the characters are going, like, hang on a second, that's pretty stupid. You got to go, like, okay, well, maybe you should. Yeah, why does the, the husband of the president run a joke shop? Yeah, that's, yeah, especially, I, I, speaking of, of uh, uh, ladder book connections, um, that were more serious that this book kind of sidesteps here. Does that mean that the Minister of Magic is married to the person who makes like their bulletproof vests or whatever? Oh, interesting. Because that cause makes a the, lot of sense. Because Wizard Wheezes, as we know, uh, in book six and seven, they were like arms dealers. They had like a contract with, uh, oh. you know, with with the Ministry to like provide the the anti spell vests and the weapons and stuff. This is so. this is the dark side of Granger twenty twenty is when she gets mm. impeached for corruption. <laughs> Hermione Granger is married to the president of Halliburton. Oh crap! That's a little dark, huh? Yeah, yeah. But this is a fantasy, which is where um, someone loses power because of corruption. That's how you know it's a story. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the better part of this scene is when Snape hears how he goes out and he's like, hmm. So well. noble. Such a queen. <laughs> so- he gets to do cool Snape stuff. It's like, he's like, okay, well, I died in a, a valorous way. Cool. I'm, it's it's really crazy, Snape. You uh you you die in a boathouse and then you tell Harry Potter that uh, you got to go to the Ponsive. What's a Ponsive, sir? Um, why is this common knowledge? Like, I know it has that, to be for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was this like <laughs> like how Harry like cleared his name after he died? He had to like tell the whole story. <laughs> Did it get published in the newspaper? That I have to say, if if I could point to one thing in this act that I think feels a little contrived and confusing, and, and like I get, I get that the 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 both the um, frustrating answer, but also the real answer is because the audience knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what the way Scorpius is able to go, like, oh, Dad, in you know, so like like it it makes slightly more sense with with Draco, where he's like. Dad, in the other timeline, you're, um, you know, you you love mom, and uh, uh, you're you're not an evil fascist guy. <laughs> uh, and here he deploys kind of the same tactic, but it's a little weirder because it's like, okay, well, how does he know about the Snape and Lily stuff? Like, who told him that? Yeah, it's kind like, of did... like one step too far removed, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I, I, I guess like I could buy answer that like Albus got told because he has Snape's name and then Albus told Scorpius cause he's his best friend, but it just, I don't know. Imagining that conversation is very Let funny. Let me tell like... you about my middle name. Let me tell you the real story that, that the <laughs> world doesn't know. 
Harry sitting his kid down and being like, so, uh, you're named after a guy who uh, had a crush on your grandma. My mom. Yeah. Here's why a... your grandma is dead. Let me tell you the whole story. The Vox Explainer. Yeah. <laughs> your name is, is Severus. Here's why that matters. <laughs> it's, it's a very funny, funny part of it. Yeah, Scorpius knows a lot of specifics here, including that uh, Snape got killed specifically by Voldemort in a really badass way. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe like maybe Draco's not um, not weird for asking them to publish um, that he wasn't cucked in the newspaper. Like maybe that's just what the newspaper is for. <laughs> that's when the newspaper just publishes like personal events whatever you want to whatever you just need to get out there you know <laughs> it's more of like a like a the whole thing is the classified section really. let's clear the air someone's <laughs> got something to say <laughs> um but it is worth it for uh him asking how he dies and scorpius saying voldemort and snape saying mm, how irritating yes. which is that's ma good yep um uh and then they kind of explain the plan, so they so they 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 have the time turner, um, and they explain a little bit more about the rules of the time turner, which I will say I thought were very cute because it's a play, and so they have to explain why like they can't move between yeah. sets, right? It's like you have to stand in one spot, uh, but and 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 you get a time limit because it's a play. I thought that that was fun. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, um, but Snape steps up to the plate and he's like, okay, we got to fix the timeline. I am willing to die for this. Like, sounds like the other world's better. I will, I will fucking do it. Which cool. He's, so cool. he's a, he's a fucking cool guy. Um, the, the further I read in this, the crazier it got. Cause like this, this feels so much more like a screenplay here. The amount of action and like scene transition that's happening here. Like even with the conceit of like, you can't move very far with a time turner because it's a play and you're on a stage. The amount of stuff happening here is wild um, in this sequence. Cause they leave, they leave the Whomping Willow hideout via the time turner um, uh, and appear at the edge of the Forbidden Forest again. And this is where we get a really weird, I'm, I like, I'm picturing like they're doing the same scene, the Ludo Bagman scene for the first task again, but like they're further back on the stage and they've got like body doubles or something because they're like staging the scene again, but now there's other time travelers coming again to it. This is a little mind boggling to me. Yeah. Uh, it's very cool though. Yeah, I have a good time. I mean, I I like when they play with like time travel goofiness like this. Um, it does feel. I would say this is where the pacing felt weird to me. Where I'm like, what is what is happening? This is probably where I had to double back the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, this scene, the first scene of them time traveling here, is like a page. Yep. Um, uh, presumably a lot of that is going to be taken up by action, but like reading it was a little it was a little vague because it's like. They appear at the Forbidden Forest. We get a little bit of a Ludo Bagman introduction to remind us where we are. And then, like, they're, they have to describe the scene through Ludo Bag new Ludo Bagman commentary, right? Because we have 
You did it right. Uh, can I read this? A dog. Yeah. He's transfigured a stone into a dog. Dog diggity Cedric diggory. You're a doggy dynamo. Dog brain. We're with the return of dog that's brain. Me, that's me when I, when I read about Sirius. <laughs> but like, that's the whole scene, right? And yeah. so like, presumably the action's going to be carrying a lot of this. Yeah. Well, I read that and I was like, is that, is that good? <laughs> Does that mean they did it? <laughs> Does that mean, is that a good thing? Did he win? Did he lose? Not sure. Or is it like they have to make him lose in a way that's less humiliating? I, I don't know. I don't, I I don't think quite that, get it. I think that they said at the beginning that he turned a rock into a dog to distract the dragon. And that's just a detail I forgot. So when it was like, you're, oh. a, you're a dog dynamo. I was like, right. what? <laughs> you're a, okay. And then I, yeah. Okay. So that's a deep cut from the novel then, I assume. I think right? they mention it in like a really quick line early in the play okay. when they're like how do we how do we stop it how did he do it yeah how yeah. did he do it the first time okay okay um then they snap back uh back to post that time and they block the spell cedric kept his wand it worked however there's dementors here now they're onto them uh this is like this is like a the first of a big series of cool heroic sacrifices that happen here that are honestly kind of badass they are they are super badass um i assume this is like the scene where they really start breaking out the crazy visual effects like this and on through uh this act i was just like i have a very clear visual picture of the like forest death eater scenes. I mean, mm-hmm. it probably goes further describing the action um, that we've seen since the bookcase puzzle scene. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause there's like characters are being lifted in the air. There's, there's like, like, I mean, like they get soul Hermione and Ron get soul sucked by the mentors. They sure do. The Dementors already feel like kind of a challenge to imagine a play doing, right? Because it's like, how how do you make, how do you, are, are they puppets? Are they people? Like, how, how does this work? Um, but then there's people flying. So you've got some wire work. Then you've got like, their souls are like visually represented like in the the, the stage notes here. So it's like the, the direction calls for like uh, uh, golden and silver smoke. Right, like so, it's it, it. This is ambitious. It seems like like there's a lot going on here visually that sounds very cool, um, but uh, a little hard to follow just reading it like this. I guess. Yeah, it's uh, making me a little nervous. We won't get the blood ball though, just because um, this describes everything so clearly. Yeah, yeah, we would have maybe we would have gotten like a very specific blood ball list of actions and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe not for a transition scene. Like, I guess you couldn't write this without describing it, right? Right, right. And and, and there's there's a there are scenes. I think I think there are are bits here like this. This is the this is the stage play. And I think that this is not what like the actual production run script looks like right, right? this like, is for like, us this is for us or more specifically this is what gets handed to the people whose job it is to make this stuff happen mm-hmm. right yeah. so so i i think that this then i i if, if you li- listen if someone is listening and knows a little bit more about how how plays are are are, are staged do 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 comment do you write in because i'd be fascinated to know but like it, uh i imagine that this is 
kind of like the middle step here and we're not seeing like what the you know this isn't what like the texts are are are, are reading right this is the, this is the this is what the actors and like the um uh the, the, the that the kind of that level of the production are reading i would i would assume yeah i'd be very curious how um like what they did to prepare this for publishing yeah like yeah how much gets cut if you're trying to make a book that people line up for on at like midnight to release the eighth <laughs> Harry Potter book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm wondering what what went into making this like uh, normal people please read this because um, yeah. I, I can't tell if it's yeah. like a reduction in state like keep the stage direction to a bare bare minimum or if people would have been better off with more with more of it. Yeah, or I mean, like we we've had several people who've seen the play comment um on on other episodes that like apparently there are scenes where characters say extra stuff right so we might get the blood ball hey scorpion king there's cedric diggory the death eater (laughs) maybe we'll see cedric diggory the death eater but but yeah like like the the myrtle scene apparently like has some like wiggle room for like improv no like extra extra lines or whatever why Look, look, if Myrtle can say some more, maybe Snape can say some more. That's maybe true. It's worth if that's it. the, maybe it's if worth that's it. the deal with the devil that I have to make, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, um But yeah, no, it's 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 a lot it's a lot of action and a lot of very intensely visual storytelling happening here, but Hermione and Ron uh, uh, throw themselves at the Dementors to defend uh, Albus while he's de- using the Time Turner, um, and they they both get sucked. Uh, while uh, again they tell each other that they love each other, which is has never happened in Harry Potter actual. That's like, bizarre. Yeah, never fucking happened. This this is so weird to me because I think this is easily easily the best Ron and Hermione relationship thing in mm-hmm. all of it. I think this is a really cool scene. I also think it's like very from just like a um, like payoff perspective, like really well done. Like I'm, I'm very impressed by like their kiss as they're about to be Dementor kissed. They're giving their souls to each other versus having them taken away. Like it's just like it's smart in that way. I also think it would be the first thing I would cut uh, if I had to abridge this play. <laughs> I would cut. Well, I would cut out the Ron Hermione stuff. That is the easiest thing to surgically excise from this. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, it's right. It's 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 for as much as I feel that this is um, doing a lot with a little, right? Mm-hmm. And like like showing us stuff that has never mattered before or has never been represented before. It it still suffers from the fact that like, okay, so yes, it's good that Hermione and Ron are acting loving towards each other finally. Um, yes, this is a great dramatic moment, but the thing is, it is a dramatic moment that's sort of built on nothing, right? It is a dramatic moment that is dramatic because, you know, presumably the actors are very good, and also the lines being written here are lines characters who are in love with each other say in media like this. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's very representational, it's very broad, and like, that's not a bad thing, you know, like, that is exactly what this kind of play is it is exactly the kind of thing Harry Potter needed it, it, you know if if you can't write seven more novels to flesh out the Harry the Hermione and Ron relationship then doing this and showing at least showing them 
uh, uh, caring about each other in some way, uh, uh, you know, like, like this is still a net good, but it is ultimately still, you know, this is a house built on sand, right? Yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's, I guess that's why um, the payoff that I described has literally nothing to do with the characters and only is just like a writing trick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, 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 it's a good moment, but it is a good moment that is relying entirely on you understanding the tropes that are happening. We love right? like, Hermione. <laughs> um, right. Also, it's like actually kind of built on shit because it just reminds me of um, Ron hating his wife in the other timeline and how, ah, how gross yeah, that that's, was. Yeah, that's another another bummer in this race because ah, they're the fated correct relationship and fuck Padma, right? What a loser. It's yeah. Like, ah, okay. Yeah, not, not really. that kind of sucks. I, I mean, yeah. really, at the end of the day, I think that this Ron Hermione stuff is in here because it had to be, right? Like, they, it's like yeah. we can't do a Harry Potter play and not have Ron and Hermione in here, um, which yeah. is sort of funny because when I think about it, I, I feel like there is I see very little criticism of the Ron Hermione stuff and people get really, like, upset about the way Harry's character is. And it's like mm -hmm. Ron and Hermione weren't really given a story here. They are just... Like you said, like if you're familiar with the like romantic scene, they just kind of pantomime that. Uh, and Harry had a story uh, that is different than the the original books, and that's like bad, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it is it is a good wrapper on this thing that's gonna suck no matter what, right? Um, and I don't I know think why that... I don't know why they couldn't just be like like there saying funny <laughs> stuff and then not had like this subplot. Yeah. Especially because not only do they make a big dramatic sacrifice, but then Snape immediately afterwards does as well. Yeah, this like... sucks. This sucks. Get, I get the Ron and Hermione stuff out of here. Get <laughs> so, a, I don't even need to Snape, see them. Get them out. Snape kind of big times them, honestly. Um, Cause uh, first of all, uh, there is a very Scorbus real moment here because mm. he's talking about like you're the Scorpion King, right? And he's like, like you're throwing away, uh, you, you you're, th you're throwing away like the best life, uh, you could have ever had, maybe. Um, and Scorpion, Scorpius says the line that you mentioned earlier: "The world changes and we change with it." I'm better off in this world, but the world is not better, and I don't want that. Which I think that's a good line and a good, a good um expression of the like thesis of this play right um but snape also says think about albus you're giving up your kingdom for albus right uh and it's like that's okay yeah like, and then he goes on and says one person all it takes is one person i couldn't save harry for lily so now i give my allegiance to the cause she believed in and it's possible that along the way i started believing in it myself yeah and so he's like comparing uh, 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 his his relationship with, with Lily and like what Lily did for his worldview to like Scorpius and Albus is like okay, so this is like fairly explicitly romantic, I guess. I fascinated to know what that New York Times review meant by making uh the relationship less ambiguous because this doesn't feel very ambiguous to me at all. Like no, and it's in a very like appropriate realm for two 14 year old characters of being yeah. like a pretty textual, or at least I, unless I, I mean, I think that we know that what's going to happen is, at the end is that I think it's Scorpius that just has a, 
a case of the not gaze, right? Because it's like Rose is back and he's like, oh, my crush, Rose, who I've had a crush on this whole time. Yeah, Rose is definitely the like the not gaze uh, character here, right? Which mm-hmm. is uh, is is weird. To, it is it is weird to read this scene and and remember that that's coming down the pipe, right? Because it's well, like, huh? Yeah, and and then also connecting that that is also um, a thread with with Ron and Hermione. I just keep getting this impression that the play wants me to care about Rose, and I've completely forgotten her. Rose doesn't fucking do anything in this play, right? Um, yeah. If there's if there's one element of uh jk rowling's writing that jack thorne has really captured here it's that the the girls don't really get to do much which is no too bad yeah snape does have a showdown with umbridge and umbridge rises off the ground she opens her arms wide full of dark magic she takes out her wand this scene is going all out with the effects not only is snape fighting the dementors snape is fighting fucking professor umbridge which this is another pure fan service moment i feel like yeah, but she's like raid boss umbridge <laughs> raid boss umbridge like yeah she like she like fucking flies into the air she <laughs> uh uh they they have a duel uh which is our, our second duel in, in in this in this play i guess between wait but like like second duel everyone's wanted to see right mm-hmm. like this is <laughs> there. There's an element of this play with like the the Draco and Harry fight. Now the Snape and Umbridge fight. But it's like this is almost like a Dragon Ball. Like oh fuck, I can't wait to see Piccolo fight Vegeta or whatever. Right? Like it's oh it rocks and like it does the thing like at the very beginning because Scorpius comes and confronts Snape and it's like hey I know you're on the good guy's side and there's a line where Snape is like ha- like goes white with fear and like rage mm. or something like he's is realizing that he's about to be killed. Um, And here, the same scene happens where Umbridge comes to him and is like, I know you're on the good guy's side. And instead of getting upset because he's ready to sacrifice himself, he smiles. That's his like unexpected smile scene. It's so cool. Yeah, they have a cool fight. He shoots a he shoots a doe at her. um, And, uh, you know, I guess. Maybe it happens in like the action, but I guess we don't like see him die, die. He just like squares up with uh, with like the army of Dementors and Umbridge, right? And then the scene changes as the time turner goes off. Um, insanely- There's like a long. Oh yeah, you're right because it's like we don't see him die; we see the doe disappear. That's right. That's right. Yeah. There's a moment of pure calm as the in the scene transition as the as the doe disappears. Which God, what an insanely cool way to have him go out, right? Like, yeah. It's so, much it's, cooler than than getting bit by a snake, I guess. By, God, yeah. Compare this and like again, like this is this is another moment, just like the the Hermione and, and Ron scene that is like this is off the shelf character moment stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, the character, you know, character draws their sword to let the hero. Uh, escape while you know the 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 evil army bears down on them right like fucking that that happens in everything right but it's one it's fucking always cool and uh, (laughs) two it is way cooler than what he did in uh in (laughs) in uh deathly hallows where he just sort of like gets completely rocked uh by voldemort in in like the boathouse or the the shrieking shack or whatever where he's like Hmm, hey man, can I borrow your wand a second? 
<laughs> and then just like has a snake kill him in a big bubble like that that's that's uh, a, uh, and I just think about the movie and they made it like really gross and realistic yeah like, the it's snake insanely like violent him yeah like Ugh. slams him against the wall and the thing is too this is, this is my my third point here that I think is important is that like yes this is stock but it is better and 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 uh, more interesting than the original but also this is like a perfect fit Harry Potter maybe this is a bold thing of me to say uh, or or an obvious thing I don't I don't know but like Harry Potter never needed to do anything other than stock right yep sometimes all you want is a fucking cheeseburger. Yep. And th- if you get a good cheeseburger, that tastes good. And like that's what this shit is, right? It's like, yeah, of course Snape does a does a cool like Aragorn drawing his sword to fight the the Urukai that are bearing down on Frodo thing. But it's like fuck, like okay, yeah, I'll. That's fucking always awesome. It's always sick. It it works. It works for me every time. Yeah, it's a hoot and holler moment. This is the level of media Harry Potter should have been, right? Like it reminds me of that post that always goes around when people like try to try to turn the later Harry Potter books into like high literature where they're like, here's the meanings of all the deaths in Deathly Hallows. And it's like Hedwig shows the death of, of childhood. Uh, oh my God. Shows the death of yeah whatever. And it reminds me of that. And I'm like, I get it. There's no part of me that doesn't like get it. Right. I don't need like something to say like, yes, death in real life doesn't get to be heroic right but then i'm mm-hmm. like what are we here for like what are why are we reading harry potter why are we reading a book about a fucking wizard <laughs> right like yeah we want to see cool shit happen we yes. want to see we want to see i don't need to be reminded of the death of innocence while i'm reading fucking harry potter <laughs> no i want to see a cool guy go out in a badass way yes <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah yeah it's it's you gotta work within the um i don't know the template of the thing you're writing and like that, that's that ultimately i think like like because because is is cursed child like fucking amazing no not like it's 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 not but like so far it is at least the harry potter thing that has most understood the realm that it exists in right uh, and like the, the that what is fun about a story like Harry Potter, um, which is uh, magic is neat and whimsical, and it's cool when badass guys do cool stuff. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not above it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's cool. Anyway, I think that is a good place to leave the first half of our discussion on this act, as uh, as 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 uh, Scorpius makes his daring escape, thanks to Snape, back to the prime timeline um unless there's anything else you want to bring up from this first half what do you say no i think that's good all right in that case uh you are going to introduce our third segment for this episode you you did a little research and found something very funny that i'm excited to read through i did we've been giving this uh play our our accolades and it's time to uh (laughs) take back our words and deeds here we love Albus Potter, right? Yeah, we do. We can say some stuff about his character. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen him, since we're in the uh, no Albus timeline. Um, 
but we're going to find out uh, 10 ways that Albus Severus is the worst character in the series by Screen Rant, our favorite uh, website. Oh, fuck yes. Thank you, Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character of Albus Severus Potter in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child wasn't particularly well received, and many felt this was 100% justified. That's kind mm. of our subheader here. Also, one thing I didn't notice, this was published November 22nd of 2020. This oh, isn't so even this is like recent. This, this is, is recent. recent. Wow. Um, I thought that this was going to be out um, uh, closer to when the play was released, but no. <laughs> People there, are still mad about this play. There is nothing better for a website like this than to um, that when like a fandom thing is like widely panned. Like this is a oh, God, an endless yeah. thing to mine, right? Yeah. Um, so here's our inter- introduction. Um, within the Harry Potter universe, it's hard to find disliked characters that are anyone other than the main antagonists. Still, Albus Severus Potter manages to be one of these characters, mainly due to the lackluster reception of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, where his appearance as the lead didn't sit well with most fans. <laughs> Already off to a banger start here. I feel like this isn't fair. I don't think that it has a lackluster reception. I guess if they're talking purely about people that got the book and didn't That's like true. it. That's true. Yeah. But I think that it has a very positive reception. Yeah, in terms of like audience feedback, right? Like, like it is an incredibly successful play. Uh, mm-hmm. It makes a lot of money for a Broadway play. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Before we get to our list, we have the the author's thesis here. The criticism of Albus is very much justified as he displayed several traits that contributed to the lack of sympathy he received, both in universe and from the fan base. The reasons why he might just be the worst character. Oh fuck. Re- related relate to the bad decisions he made, his reluctance to develop or change as a character, and his overall attitude. So this is going to be a a list of crimes. (laughs) Crimes? That we will will judge him for. (laughs) Crimes of Albus Severus Potter and those like him. That's Uh, right. Our tenth uh, way that he sucks is causing problems with time. He did do this. I can't. Oh, I can't say he God. didn't. Uh, at one point in the series, usage of the time turner was one of Hermione's best plans. With Albus, mm. it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Not only did he abuse the use of time turners, he went so far as to break apart the fabric of reality. Oh uh, fuck! That's so bad. The other characters did mess up on occasion, but nothing on the level that Albus achieved. What's more, he managed to turn things progressively worse, even when he tried to get things right. It doesn't matter if Albus learned his lesson since he was the one who ruined everything in the first place. <laughs> Wait, oh my god! Oh my god, this is so good. This is incredible. We're fucking off to the races here. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't... <laughs> You don't get How? to learn a lesson if you had to learn the lesson in the first place. <laughs> Why was that? Yeah, what what the fuck are they talking about? It, it doesn't matter if he learned his lesson because it was his fault, but he doesn't learn the lesson because it's his fault. What do you? What? I'm oh, this is hurting my brain. This is this is already more confusing than time travel. Honestly, he did he did cause tr- problems with time though. You have to admit <laughs> he did cause trouble with time. I love the idea that the reason. I am God, I guess I guess some people do really think like this, but like fucking the idea that 
a character's uh likability is based on whether they make the right decisions all the time like that's that's good <laughs> that's great uh, one might yeah. argue that albus is an anti-hero since he caused all of the problems <laughs> bet you hadn't considered that one fuck damn you're right all right uh number nine blindly trusting delphi excuse me delphini uh, the revelation of Delphine being the daughter of Voldemort, spoilers, Spoiler remains alert. one of the most hated storylines in the series. Albus wasn't smart enough to see the obvious signs of her being a baddie either, falling for her lies over being the niece of Amos Diggory instead. It was Albus who came up with the plan to get Delphine the Time Turner and stole it from Hermione's office at the Ministry. Rather than do his research into Delphine's background, Albus <laughs> jumped at the chance of going against his father by helping Delphine, who eventually turned out to be Voldemort's daughter. Uh, first of all, I have to applaud Screen right here for correctly identifying the plot of the story. That they, is indeed they got it. exactly what happens. Um, but I love... I love the line, he didn't do any research. What was he going to fucking do? Like, go, he's like Googling, like, Delphine Diggory. Uh, crimes? Question mark? Like, what? Let's bing it. <laughs> let's bing, let's bing it. Let's, let's see. Uh, has anyone seen Voldemort's sexy daughter recently? Does anyone know? Does anyone know uh, uh, whether she's good or bad? Can anyone tell me? I, I don't think he had any reason not to trust her. Yeah. And, and I mean, like this, this paragraph even points out that he was desperate to defy his father. Right. That Which is, is the story. Again, yes. It is the story. He would, he would, he would believe Delphine if she said, if you do a backflip, you'll piss your dad off. Right. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like the point is that he, she, <laughs> there's a, there's a line that is great in the play that we'll be discussing uh, in, in the next episode where she's like, oh, it's really easy to manipulate people when they're like upset about something. Right? Yeah. Like, also 14 years old. That, I mean, yeah. That's like the, one of the things like it's my, one of my, it's similar to Sirius and that it's sort of one of my favorite like character things when there is like a sinister character that is deceiving another character who obviously wouldn't know but the audience knows right like yeah. it is obvious to me as an adult reading it that i'm like why is this 20 year old trying yeah. really hard to get these 14 year olds to uh, achieve a goal right yeah, right like, why why does she need them uh, yeah. but of course a 14 year old wouldn't have that perspective and wouldn't know yeah, that seems very obvious to me. Yeah, this is a, this is the story. She is manipulating them, uh, and it's very easy for her to do because she has identified the like big teenagery feelings that she can uh, uh, fuck with to uh, make them do what she wants them to do. Yeah, and he doesn't have Bing, so how's he gonna look? He <laughs> doesn't have the. We don't have Wizard Bing, so what is she gonna do? What it, like what what it, also what, like Harry's tricked by it. Like right. Amos comes to his house and Harry's not like, who is this? Who is this? Yeah. He's like, this is my niece. Okay. That's actually I, something. You just kind of believe someone when they say that. I, I'm curious about that because I'm thinking back to that scene in act one. Mm -hmm. And does d d uh, uh, Delphine kind of like emerges from like the shadows, right? Like she's mm -hmm. not at the door with Amos Diggory, I don't think. 
Doesn't she like come out of the like staircase or like she like appears behind Albus on the staircase and is like, "Hey man, I'm that guy's niece." And like I can't remember if we see her like walk in with him. Okay. Yeah, I I I I I thought there was sort of like a, a sort of ambiguous nature to her appearance, right? Of like there just might like be. Yeah, I don't know, but uh but yeah, it's it's yeah. She's she's cool. She's sneaky. She's doing she's doing plans. Of course, of course, uh, of course, Albus would fall for it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we may have uh, explained away uh, why it's okay that this has a plot, but I think we're going to get a little more pointed on our list here. All right. Um, it's time. It's time to roast him personally. Fuck yes. Uh, number eight out of ten. Being whiny in nature. <laughs> oh, we can't stand that. <laughs> If there's one trait that is the most distinguishable about Albus, it's his constant whining. While his friend Scorpius made the best of his position as the son of a former Death Eater, Albus would go on about how he was always judged as the chosen one's son. He would also complain about other issues, like feeling as if he didn't fit in or that nobody really understood him. These issues were Loser, amongst- dork, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> were common amongst all children his age, yet Albus acted as if he was a special case. Oh my god. (laughs) I think this was written by a 14-year-old. Yeah, this is... (laughs) Oh, so you think you're special? Oh, you think you're special? You think you got all the problems? Yeah, yeah, teenagers famously don't think the world revolves around them. (laughs) Teenagers famously don't talk about their problems. (laughs) God, this is great. This rocks. I can't admit it. We're on what? This is like number. What? This is number seven. The, that was number eight. It was number eight. Jesus, we've got so he is in for a thorough roasting here. Yeah, I'm gonna loop this next one in just because. Yeah. It's very similar. Seven out of ten hurting Harry's feelings. <laughs> oh, we can't have that. We <laughs> cannot have that. Even though Albus was responsible for breaking time apart, his worst act might still be hurting his father. Oh my god! He was well aware of what he was doing, as well, by making sure to tell Harry that he wished he wasn't his son. I'm just gonna read that one again. He was well aware of what he was doing, as well, by making sure to tell Harry that he wished he wasn't his son. Yeah, what did Harry tell him before that? You know, you can't bait me, Albus. You can't bait me into telling telling you I wish you, I wish you weren't my son. Just kidding. Oh, so I will tell good. you that immediately. Uh, he went against Harry's decision to help Delphine at a time when she pretended to be Amos Diggory's daughter to spite his father and to set himself apart. Harry was visibly shaken by Albus's actions, which his son didn't seem to mind. <laughs> He's 14. He's 14. Yeah, he's 14. And you're like coming to the defense of his like 40 year old dad. He's like, be nice to your, be nice to your father. He, he's Yeah, I think Harry will be okay. Your father is a special hero. This is literally, this is literally why Albus is so pissed off all the time. Like. (laughs) This is such a funny reversal that is like, I think the like typical thing is like, wow, how dare you say that Harry is a bad dad? Mm-hmm. And this like takes that one step further where it's like, wow, Harry wasn't a bad dad. He had a bad son. Yeah, how dare Alvis talk back to his cool father? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. 
Fuck this kid. Um, speaking of that, being insecure despite repeated assurances. Oh my god, no. Who wrote this? Being insecure despite repeated assurances. Being insecure isn't bad. As Ron was this way for a very long time. But Albus's case was different since he got repeated assurances that he wasn't unloved. <laughs> Harry and Ginny were always available to talk to him and never made him believe they didn't want him. And yet Albus's insecurities knew no bounds and he searched for dangerous things at Hogwarts as a way to act out for attention. <laughs> Even Harry's claim that he wished Albus wasn't his son was just in retaliation to the same thing Albus said to him. The ribbing he received from his brother was of the same league as Fred and George had done to Ron, so there was nothing to suggest nobody liked him. Did Harry write this? Like, oh my god, yeah, he gave it to Ginny. He's this, like, here's why you shouldn't be mad at me anymore. <laughs> this, this is so good. This is so. There's plenty of times that I've read something and and been like, oh, you know, this this person is criticized. Like, like people criticize like teen drama stuff and say like, oh, they're so melodramatic. It's like, well, yeah, uh, that's what teenagers are like. I, I love it when it gets even more personal than this, where it's like, I don't think this author remembers what being a, like, was this author ever a teenager? Were they born 40 <laughs> years old or something? Because it's like, yeah, teens think they're the center of the universe. Also, you can tell them, like, like God, you, you <laughs> they'll, they'll, they will be fine. They'll find something to be upset about. They're teenagers. It's like, this is normal. Oh, you're insecure. Uh, you have no reason to be, so knock it off the fucking yeah the idea that like every everything a, a teenager has to do in a story is logical is very funny to me he also blamed others for his problems fuck if you, if you can believe it god damn it no i know judging by what was shown of him in cursed child albus seemed to think everyone in the world was wrong and he was right despite <laughs> being the one to cause all the problems oh that's so placed... true he placed the blame on people like his father, brother, and even other Hogwarts students. It was Albus who dragged Scorpius into the mess caused by the Time Turner, but he didn't take responsibility for his actions and siphoned this off to the insecurities he felt were the result of how others had treated him. <laughs> Again, God, please stop hurting him. He's 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 already dead. You can't. What what else could he possibly have done? This kid's finished. Yeah, I mean those those three were just like rapid fire character assassinations. Yeah, like you just you just have a you just have a bad personality, kid. We hate you. Um, <laughs> What's next? Well, we're getting into more specifics. He um, his fourth uh, worst crime is not taking Harry's advice over the sorting. When it comes to considering the oh. children who didn't deserve to be in a particular house, Albus figured Slytherin to be a poor choice as he wanted to be in Gryffindor. This shouldn't have been an issue since Harry himself had assured him he didn't care if Albus was in Slytherin. Albus was made fun of for this by the other students, but Neville Longbottom had faced similar criticism back in the day and didn't let it get to him. Even though he'd been belittled by his own grandmother, Albus didn't think of Harry's assurances and instantly figured he wasn't a good wizard. Oh my god. Well... So th this is this is a really good one because uh, Harry just lied about that. Right, uh, he did lie. Yeah. yeah, Harry just told a big lie when he said that he doesn't care what house uh, Albus gets into, um, which I think is maybe 
I, I don't agree with it, but I think that's maybe the, the criticism of the play that is like most rooted in reality, right? Is mm. that it like it like turns that big moment into just a weird lie that Harry tells his kid. Um but nonetheless, like it's pretty textual that like Harry very much cares that his son is in Slytherin, right? Like Yeah, it's like the the stuff that comes out of his mouth isn't really true, right? Because yeah. he's like, No, you're not my least favorite kid. But he is. <laughs> But you have to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, number three, his reluctance to make friends. Oh, God. Yeah, again, get his ass. Roast this kid. It pisses me off so much. Although the Golden Trio will always be the preferred choice, there have been many other friendships that have stood out. Albus doesn't qualify since he only thought to approach Scorpius, shunning everyone else and never giving them a chance. He wasn't an introvert. He was just against giving people a chance entirely. Oh my God. He wasn't even an introvert. Wasn't even an introvert. He has no excuse. He's stealing introvert valor. No, that's the worst (laughs) thing you can do. Sir, you are not an introvert. You have to make friends. You can't just have one friend. You're not an introvert. (laughs) His excuse was that the other students were mean to him, but that's a very unhealthy approach since it meant Albus never had any friends. (laughs) Oh, do you think these kids are all mean to you? Well, why don't you try making friends with them? That'll show them. He was at Hogwarts for a significant amount of time in the story by which he should have matured enough to understand that not everyone is mean. Polly Chapman is the character besides uh, uh, Scorpius, who I think he interacts with the most. And get, I gotta tell you, she's pretty mean. Yeah, you haven't met that bitch Polly Chapman. That fucking if you think bitch that... Polly. Oh, I'd like yeah. to get, write ten things about her, about how much she sucks. But probably the reason he doesn't make any friends is his habit of burning bridges. Oh, no. The major reason why Albus found himself friendless and alone was his habit of cutting people out entirely. When called upon his flaws, Albus would become defensive without taking the effort to understand where the other person was coming from. (laughs) He did this with Harry by intending to hurt his feelings and again with Rose when she tried to reach out to him about them drifting apart. Rather than work on building relationships back, Albus would look to end them entirely if it meant not admitting the problem. Okay, so I'll take the Rose one. Sure. I don't even remember that. Uh, she, she like, when 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 we're in the we've got to talk about Albus mode, she, like, comes to him and is like, hey, do you want to be friends again? And he's like, oh, did did Harry tell you to do that or whatever? That there's mm. like, that, so that, that one, that one makes sense. However, uh, the... <laughs> Shutting Harry out part is very specifically because his dad told him you can't hang out with your one friend you have anymore. So yeah, and he's not even an introvert, so that's not even an like introvert. fucking negative one. <laughs> introvert dad, I'm Valor. not even an introvert. Fuck, you can't do this. Is so fucked up. You cannot steal an introvert's power. This is this is yeah. God, mm, one of the most offensive things you can do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even the Rose stuff is such, like, a character needs to do the correct and healthy thing. Yeah. Otherwise, we hate them. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm bracing for whatever number one is here. Also, I don't think it's the child's responsibility <laughs> yeah, to maintain a relationship with their parents. Yeah, that's fairly... <laughs> I feel like that's a fairly uncontroversial, like, yeah. I think Harry really fucked that one up. Like, he... he 
you gotta you gotta work on the relationship with your kid because the kid is well i would say all of the things that this article has said about albus but just like not in a derogatory way it's like yeah he shuts people out and he thinks he's alone and he's he's difficult to make friends with uh you should probably work on that with him harry his father like that's, Harry, piece of shit. Harry, loser. <laughs> you should probably be nice to your kid. I don't know. Well, here's our number one. Number one. This is the worst. This is the, the number one reason why Harry, or why Albus Severus is the worst character in Fuck. Harry Potter. Being a bad wizard who didn't grow in potential. Fuck. He's a bad wizard, too. He's not even good at the spells. Don't count on seeing Albus pull off any dangerous spells that exist in the wizarding world, as the boy was hardly capable of doing even the basic ones. Oh, no. At the end of the day, being at least a passable wizard is important to stand out in the Harry Potter universe. Albus didn't even make up make up for this through his personality, as other less gifted characters had done, putting his lack of talent into greater focus. While he was said to have potential, Albus never got around to living up to it. I like how this this article brings up Neville Longbottom as like like you know like even he even he was belittled by his grandmother and like when we get to number one it's like if a wizard can't do if if a wizard is not performing if they're not parsing at a completely perfect rate they are dead to me if they they are kicked out of the guild like they they. You cannot, you cannot have a wizard who doesn't perform powerful spells. His DPS is under the tank. We just can't can't (laughs) have him in our group. (laughs) We can't have him here. He's going to sink this whole thing. That is so fucking good. I mean, to be fair, I guess we haven't really seen him do many spells, but also that's because it's a play, I would say. Wasn't he the one... That like Delphi was teaching him how to do. Yeah, she was teaching him a to do spell. Expelling like, oh, I'm getting it. What's Wizzo? What's? <laughs> yeah, she was teaching him the powerful Wizzo spell. Yeah. Also, that's another friend he made. I mean, like you know, she's manipulating him, but he's he's he was you know she she saw the potential to to you know how to make friends with him and, and took it. So it's it's possible. You know, you just got to get yeah. a non-evil friend to make friends with. So this article, this article is being very harsh on our on our poor friend Albus here. I think she is not going to help his complex about thinking everyone is mean. <laughs> this it, is crazy. This is ah uh, screen rant. I've I've missed screen rant. I gotta say, this is the this is one of the best websites that exists. I I I. Uh, there's a uh, there's a there's a new form of media criticism out there that is uh, on a let's say I guess a different wavelength um, than what I would uh, be used to and Screen Rant is on the cutting edge let's say that is I mean this is like a, a lot of cursed child criticism um, makes me mad and it's not to say that you can't criticize cursed child God no yeah. it is like the nature of the criticism uh, makes me a little crazy this doesn't even hit the mark of that. Like, I don't even think this hits the, like, fandom criticism. Honestly. This, like, overshoots it. <laughs> I would and honestly like, argue that this is technically better criticism and that it is identifying correct things about Albus as a character. It is saying what happens in it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you could 
maybe stretch and say that if the main character is unlikable in a play like this, then it's hard to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but I think it is made up maybe. for the fact that he is like a funny 14 year old, you know, like that, yeah, that goes and, a and long like, way. An actor could bring charm to the part. Yeah. You really don't know unless you see it. <laughs> in a, in a, in a story for children about, a, a you know, a teenager who, who has a big coming of age adventure. I'm going to go ahead and say it's all right. If they're a little unlikable at first, this, this might be um, surprising, but this is a story about a kid that feels like he just doesn't fit in, but needs to, you know, come into his own. Yeah. Yeah, stop me if you've heard this one before, etc. <laughs> but where I draw the line is the him appropriating introvert culture. That is, yeah, that, that is that too is much. Too you far. Can't, you can't do that. You cannot do that, Albus. That is fucked up. You cannot. I'm going to need, a, I'm gonna need a t- him to tell me that his Myers-Briggs uh, personality <laughs> right now. Where, where, did, where did you serve? Where did you serve? <laughs> Which How Myers, many friends do you have? Which which Myers Briggs fort did you serve at? <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's ten ways that uh, Albus Severus is the worst character in Harry Potter. When when we were at like point three or four out of all those, I was like, "There's no way this is making it to 10. Uh, oh, it does. But it does. They found a way. I am genuinely impressed. Honestly, yeah. Thank you, Screen Rant. Thank you, Screen Rant. A true rant. A, th- a rant at the theater. A rant at the theater. God, there's not even a screen. It's uh, just maybe a they rant. need a new. They need a new website. Yeah, they play rant. Play stage rant. Yeah. Well, I think that is a good place to leave our first discussion on Act Three of Cursed Child. Um, unless you have any other last. Bits and bobs to I don't think bring so. up here. All right. In that case, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, we're, we're tinkering with the uh, bonus content again. We got a new Common Room episode up there, and we'll have some more out and some more gaming videos and such um, when we can kind of fit them in. And uh, you know what we're going to be reading next episode. It's going to be what, Liz? Uh, the rest of uh, part two, act three of The Cursed Child. That's right. Well, we will see you then. But until then, please take in some different theater. Please take in some different theater. To the dream, but there's a lady here that makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.